This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church Podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Ethan Lumen. What do you most desire? What is that that you want above all else? What if you could have it all? Would you make a deal with the devil to get it? For that, maybe it was a perfect March Madness bracket, the only one in the nation. You could have had it. No. Or maybe it's a little more money, a little more uh, status, a little fancier car or or vacation, a, a little easier life. That person... I could just have that. What if you could have it all? That was the temptation Jesus faced this third time as Satan came to him. And was it was it an actual trip to the highest mountain in the world? Was it was it a spiritual journey, a, a mental journey? We don't know. We're not given that clarity, but we know Jesus faced Satan at his best. You can have it all, Jesus. He shows him the the kingdoms of this world in all of their glory. And, And he offers it to Jesus by saying, hey, if you'll just fall down and you worship me, I'll make sure all of this is yours. Now maybe if you're like me, you're like, well, how... How would this really even be a temptation for Jesus? Right? He's like, he's the perfect guy. He's holy. Like, how, how would he ever fall prey to this? But then you take a step back and, well, Jesus is 30 years old, right? Nobody knows who he is. He came from heaven. He's living in this little town in Nazareth, and all he's done is build a few houses. And a few people know, know him. He's the rightful king of the world. He should have it all. All the world should be recognizing him as their leader. And ever since Satan whispered that first lie into the ears of Adam and Eve, all people have been turned away or turned against God. Well, maybe it's a little easier to understand how he would want all the world to know who he is to see him as their proper ruler and leader. You can have it all, Jesus. But Jesus, (laughs) Jesus reacts differently to this temptation than to the other two. Did you catch that? The other two times that, that, that Satan comes to Jesus, he just responds with Scripture. He reasons with Satan. He lets Satan know exactly why he will not fall prey to that temptation. Now, now this, either it's, it's such, a, uh, such a powerful temptation for Jesus or, or so insidious that he doesn't even respond to Satan. He names him and he commands him away. Now, now if, you're, if you remember, Matthew chapter 4 begins by saying that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
And then uh, the next verse, it says, when the tempter had come. So up until this point, the devil, the tempter, now Jesus names him for who he is, Satan. The same spirit being that, that tested Job in the Old Testament, that tested David in the Old Testament, Satan. He names him, he identifies the source, and he commands him away, get out of here, go away, be gone, Satan. There will be no more of this. And then he gives a Bible verse, nonetheless, Deuteronomy 6. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And this Bible verse is not really meant to be a, an argument with Satan, I think, but a condemnation of Satan. Why are you worshiping something other than God, Satan? And, and more than that, instruction for us. Because Jesus is walking through temptation, not just for himself, but for each and every one of us. The one who's gone through everything as we have, yet without sin. Be gone. Satan. You shall worship the Lord only. And, uh, now, worship's a very church word, isn't it? You don't probably hear it outside of these walls. But I think Satan's invitation and, and Deuteronomy 6 help us understand a little bit more about what worship looks like. The devil says, fall down before me and worship me. Deuteronomy 6, it doesn't say worship, it says fear. You shall fear the Lord. So maybe more properly to help us understand worship is what are those things that you fall down before? Or, or another way of seeing it, what are those things that you lift up above all else? What are those things that you put at the top of your life? That might just be what you worship, what you desire all that you want? Or what are those things that you're afraid to lose? What are those things that you're fearing in this world? That might just be what you're worshiping. See, what Satan didn't understand is he lived his life of self-worship is that, that God had set up two kingdoms. And Jesus saw through the temptation because he sees two kingdoms. The kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of heaven. It's why in Matthew chapter 4, just a few verses later, Jesus' first sermon begins with these words. Repent. Change your mind. Stop thinking the way you've been thinking. Repent and for the kingdom of heaven has come close, the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus makes a distinction about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdoms of this world. Now, it had always been God's plan ever since the fall to have heaven on earth, to have his, his people. And, and he made it crystal clear in Exodus chapter 19. The, the people of Israel came out of Egypt. They, they crossed the Red Sea. They came to Mount Sinai. And this is what God said to Moses. He said in Exodus 19, now, therefore, if you, the people of Israel, will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, 
He shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. He said, for all the earth is mine. All the earth is the Lord's. And then he goes on to say this, and you shall be to me a kingdom. It's interesting. A kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A different type of people. God had intended for these uh, these slaves that he brought to freedom to be a different kind of nation. He didn't choose them because they were the most powerful. He didn't choose them because they were the greatest people. He chose them because they were to be different than everyone else. They were to be the kingdom of heaven on earth. And my, how they messed it up. The Old Testament is story after story about how, how God's people got corrupted and, and they didn't see themselves as the kingdom of heaven. You see, over and over, and that's why in Deuteronomy 6, what Jesus quotes, it, it helps him see it more clearly. He said, hey, be careful not to forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. And, and when, when Jesus quotes the Old Testament, remember, it's, he's not just quoting one single verse, he's quoting a, a section of Scripture. And, and, and we can see here that this wider section of Deuteronomy 6 gives us more clarity. He says, hey, be careful not to forget the Lord your God when you go into the land God is giving you. Don't forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, because to forget God is to go back to slavery. Right? To forget God is, is to go back to being slaves to our desires and our passions and all those things that we think we want that, well, they can't deliver us. And this, if we want to know the distinction between the kingdoms of the world and the kingdom of heaven is this. The kingdoms of this world will not get you into heaven. Let me say that again. The kingdoms of this world will not get you into heaven. The world does not need a Christian nation, friends, the world needs a Christian church. The world needs the Christian church because, because this is the place where God has, has made His kingdom of heaven to dwell. See, a, a better economy is not going to get people to heaven. A, a good foreign policy is it, not designed to get people into eternity. If, if Russia is, is successful in their war against Ukraine, it's not going to get more people into heaven, and that's not their goal. The world needs the Christian church. It needs us to be the kingdom of heaven. It needs us to fear the Lord our God and and serve him. Deuteronomy chapter 6. God is trying to make it so clear to these Israelites. He said, you shall not go after other gods from the gods of the nations surrounding you. And, and you know, as they got ready to enter the promised land, every other nation, well, they looked different, okay? They talked differently. They had a different set of values and, and, uh, and rituals and gods. But today it's not so easy. 
Right? The kingdoms of this world, well, they're like they're next door. They're in our pocket, on our screens, in our hearts. And we, we still live in the kingdoms of this world, but we're the kingdom of heaven. We have a different citizenship, a different end in mind, an eternal end. And, and the allure of, of all of the kingdoms of this world, well, Satan, he plays his hand. He, he, he reveals that, that behind all the kingdoms of this world is, is worship of self and worship of stuff and ultimately worship of Satan. The Lord has called us out of slavery. He's leading us into the promised land. He's brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. This section from Deuteronomy 6 ends with this line. He says, The Lord your God is a jealous God. What does that mean? God is jealous? Well, it means simply this. All that God wants is you. All that God wants is your heart. He wants your heart to be His home, you to be with Him forever. And our, our God was willing to do whatever it took. How often we've been led astray by maybe the most obvious temptation. The temptation of all that we want. See, Satan, he can, he can take things away to tempt us, to despair, but sometimes giving us everything we could ever want is way more effective at leading our hearts outside of the kingdom of heaven. It's exactly why Jesus endured 40 days in the wilderness, neither eating nor or drinking. It's why Jesus endured the presence of Satan in his life. It's why Jesus spoke, be gone in this section. Because Jesus, he wasn't coming just to be honored and revered in the world. Jesus was coming to bring heaven to earth so that the people of earth could properly see heaven. So that people lost and enslaved and confused by all the trappings of this world could see the love and the life and the light of Christ. Jesus came to set us free from the power of sin and the power of death and the power of this devil. Friends, what is making you? What is making you desire to trade in the kingdom of heaven for the kingdoms of this world? A little more stuff, a little more peace of mind, a little more clarity, better name, better reputation. Are you recognizing that Satan's behind that? 
Jesus, he's led the way through every temptation. He's leading the way through the temptations that you're facing right now. And, and I think he's given us some helpful pointers in this text to guide and lead us through the battles we face. And the first is this. Name the temptation in your life and the tempter behind it. Okay, name the tempter. I am being tempted right now by fill in the blank. And name the one behind it. It's not just a battle of will. It's not just that baked good or that internet site. It's Satan. And in the midst of your temptation, command it away. That's what Jesus did. Don't allow room for temptation in your life. Okay? Because Satan only has as much power as we allow him to have in our lives. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus' disciples cast out demons in the name of Christ. In, in the book of Acts, they, they cast out demons in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, we cast out those demons and Satan himself who puts us into temptation. In the name of Christ, be gone. I'm being tempted. In the name of Christ, be gone. Don't allow temptation to have a foothold in your heart. Don't give Satan room to roam. Name the temptation. Command it away. And at the end of this scripture, it, it, it says something interesting. I didn't know what to make of it as I was thinking about it, right? Because what happens is Jesus commands Satan away. He leaves. And then the angels come and minister to Jesus. They're waiting the whole time. See, even Jesus needed help from above as he came on earth as a person, fully God, fully man. God has help for you from above. God will guide you and lead you through by the power of his spirit, by the power of his kingdom of heaven. Is that your hand? But the third thing is be the kingdom of heaven. We live, in a, we live in the world, yes, but, but we are called to be the kingdom of heaven. We're called to be a unique people, people that has gathered together at 9 a.m. on a Sunday. You, you skip brunch or you're at least waiting for it. We get to be the holy priesthood, a light to the world, showing that, that, that slavery is not the end goal of freedom. Showing that well, there's more than just our desires and more stuff. There's a spirit waiting to call us his own. We are the kingdom of heaven. And we will worship and we will serve God alone. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.